What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And it only takes 48 hours for a mold spore to start to grow and reproduce and colonize into a colony of mold. They actually delivered my lumber like four weeks in advance and it just sat in the mud, in the rain, on and off for four weeks before they started to put it up. I wasn't totally surprised at what I was going to find, but at my walkthrough, I'm looking around and it, I mean, mold everywhere. Cue music. Places, everybody places. We're starting in three, two. Welcome to the Autoimmune Hour, where we look at the rise of autoimmune disorders. I've brought together top experts that range from doctors, specialists, nutritionists, researchers, and even those recovering from autoimmune to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information about autoimmunity and how to live your life uninterrupted. Thank you for joining us here on the Autoimmune Hour with Sharon Saylor. Always seek sound legal, medical, and or professional advice regarding any problems, conditions, and any of the recommendations you see, hear, or read here on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio. And we don't want you to worry about taking too many notes, so you can join the Autoimmune Hours Courage Club, and we'll send you the transcripts and show notes from every episode. Sign up now at understandingautoimmune.com. Now, back to your host, Sharon Saylor. Welcome, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour. I'm Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com, and as always, it's just my honor and pleasure to be with you here on another brand new episode and I'm really excited about our topic and our guest expert today because I've had personal experience with it. And when this topic and book came across my desk, I was, yes, yes I have to bring this. I finally found an expert in it. And his name is Michael Rubino, and he's the author of The Mold Medic, an Expert's Guide on Mold Removal. And over 50% of American population suffers from mold sensitivity. And I know this goes worldwide. So we'll ask Michael if that statistic holds true worldwide. I'm, I'm sure it's at least 50% if we take in all the world. And in, in extreme cases, mold can leave uh, millions of people bedridden and incapacitated. I have had personal experience with mold exposure. And, you know, we've had several guests on, like Maria Fadiman was on not too long ago about her experience with mycotoxins as well. And so it can be really scary. It can cause all sorts of health uh, chaos in you and it's hidden like so many other things. You're just like, what's going on? So welcome, Michael. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, you know, this is a topic that, like I said in the intro, is near and dear to my heart. I've had personal experience with it on a couple of homes that looked good. They got great, you know, when they did the guys come through and they check out everything and they don't see anything. It looks all perfect. And then all of a sudden you move in and you start having all sorts of issues or some family member starts having issues and it's hidden. Mold's not the first thing that you think of, nor when I went to the doctor, was it the first thing I think of. So let's talk a little bit about the problem nationwide and what are some of the things you see as people react that might be mold? You might say, gosh, if this and this and this are happening, you might ask your medical professional that question. Yeah, I love that question. Uh, you know, I think I want to talk about what makes me different as an expert, as opposed to so many others that have come before me. My expertise really lies in helping someone who's hypersensitive to mold. And I think that's, that's a real disparity com- compared to what a lot of people are expert in when it comes to construction, remediation, et cetera. And w- one of the things that I'm noticing in our industry as a problem and, and why I'm so passionate about what I do is because our standards are just almost non-existent. You know, we have these standards that say, remove the building material, you know, clean the stuff that's in the immediate room. But it doesn't go far enough to really diagnose and understand how far extent this problem has been and what to do about the contamination. And I think that's why mold remediation really gets a bad rep, because I'm sure you've seen it where you've, you've went through that process. You've interviewed uh, probably three different companies. You got three different, wildly different strategies, 
three different price points um, and you're like, where, where do I go? And so for me, when I'm looking at the industry as, a, as an industry-wide problem, and I don't, I don't think it just stops here. I think it, it is worldwide, like you mentioned. And that's what I'm trying to solve, like where we really have a, an understanding from a scientific-based point of view, as opposed to the typical contractor mentality. Um, in terms of what people experience, obviously it's going to vary person to person, but some of the most common things that I get complaints of is brain fog, chronic fatigue, respiratory-like symptoms, allergy-like symptoms. For me, I have an acute sensitivity to aspergillus uh, specifically. And so I typically happens when I'm traveling, if I go in a hotel room that, you know, just isn't, doesn't have good air quality. Um, I can always tell when it's aspergillus because I walk in and it almost feels like I just got a cold, like right at, as soon as I walk through that door, I'm like stricken with a, with a cold runny nose, itchy lungs, itchy face. Um, it, it almost compares to, cause I, I'm allergic to cats. So when I'm around a cat, I have similar allergic like reactions and that's kind of the way I, I would compare it to. So it can really change from person to person, but you're going to have a lot of those similar symptoms. Wow. You know, Michael, I know what you mean when you said it comes on as quick as walking in the door. I had that happen so often. And the problem is for most people, you and I at least have had some diagnosis and we're like, oh, must be mold or in your case, must be cat. Is there a cat in here? (laughs) But uh, most people aren't that aware of their body or haven't had it diagnosed in such a way that they're going, hmm, my, you know, this place, I, I need to leave this place because the air quality and the surrounding area isn't well enough. I just, I know you're not a medical professional, but I just want to ask, is there a specific type of doctor that you recommend that has more experience in mold? I mean, there's so many, you know, your rheumatologist, your your ear, nose and throat. Is there a specific one that you see people have better success with using? So I, I, there actually is a term and it's, it's called a mold literate doctor. And typically a mold literate doctor, you're going to find more in like the functional medicine, integrative medicine, holistic medicine space. There's, there's a few MDs that are pretty popular that have, that are in tune with mold and actually do the testing inside the body to identify if you do have mycotoxin exposure, mold exposure, et cetera. And I think those are really the doctors you want to look for because they're going to know what you have, advise on testing your place or even your workplace to see where you're exposed, you know, where you're getting exposed to it and uh, help put you on a program that usually consists of, you know, changing your, the way you diet to more of an anti-inflammatory diet, drinking a lot more water and really trying to help detoxify, you know, from the uh, exposure to mold. Those are all good points. And I want to point out too, I, I know that when I've walked into certain places, I live in the Pacific Northwest, a lot of water, a lot of mold, not uncommon. Even outside in the forest area, not uncommon. You can almost smell a musty smell, but I want to point out that that's not the precursor. Yes, that might be a mold problem, but sure. you can walk into a place that's, that's you don't even notice a smell and you can still be exposed to mold, correct? Here's what's interesting, Shannon. Actually, most of my clients, I walk into their house you would have no idea that there's a mold. So it's, it really requires extensive testing of the home through, a, through using like a mold inspection company to try to identify where it's coming from. Sometimes you'll see some signs where you have like brown staining or circles on the walls that indicate, you know, at one time there was a leak, but that doesn't always mean that you're going to see mold growing on there. What actually, typically it's growing more inside the cavity. So right in between the wall assembly, is where you'll see mold to start to grow, kind of eating the back of the drywall and eating the insulation. And so it's gotta be pretty wet for mold to start growing through the drywall and make its way to the surface. So most of the time you're gonna have mold problems there. The other thing is once you do have mold somewhere, it's typically going to get aerosolized, it's going to get into your HVAC system. And that's how it really starts to become a massive problem because it's just circulating around the house utilizing the lungs of the home as its pathageway to get from place to place. And that's the air that you're breathing in every day is that that air that's constantly circulated, conditioned and presented back out into the environment. Fantastic. Now, I know in my own personal experience with mold and I, you know, of course, did what I thought was my research on who, what, where, when and how I found, as you mentioned, a huge a range 
everyone from a very low cost, get it done, we're just going to spot check it here and that's it, all the way to a massive, almost complete home renovation. And besides that, the other part I want to talk about was the toxicity of the different things they used. I actually had the luck to ask to have a sample of one of the products of someone I was considering, and I had a very severe allergic reaction to the product. So I was thankful that that wasn't sprayed in my own home. So let's just talk a little bit about the process. So let's just say, unfortunately, we suspect we have mold and we want to get some different people, experts in. What are some of the things you recommend that we do to find the right expert for us? And also, I guess this is would be a second part of that question is, is it ways that you can do it more naturally than others? Yeah. So the first thing you want to do is you want to find a good mold inspector. And I know the word good in today's world is pretty hard to find, but I think the best way to identify if someone's good or not is to ask them how, about how long do you think the inspection would take? I think that's like the perfect parameter because if they say, oh, we'll be in and out, you know, half an hour or so, you can't do a thorough analysis of a home for in a half an hour. So if you get more in touch with somebody who's like, uh, you know, this, this can be a four to eight hour process, then I would say they definitely plan on spending the time to check every nook and cranny for possible areas that they are going to recommend testing for. And the, the other thing you can ask is, you know, do you plan to test the dust to see if there's a lot of contamination found in the dust? Because that's really a good indicator. What happens is as you're moving around the house, as you turn the HVAC on, opening doors and windows, you're going to circulate the dust that's in the, in the environment, get it aerosolized, and you're going to be breathing that in. So when you have high contamination amounts inside your dust, that's a lot of opportunity for those contaminants to get into the body as just you normally live in, inside the environment. So Someone who's willing to test the dust and believes in that strategy, I think is key because that tells you that they're more science-based. They really want to make sure that the environment is as perfect as possible for you. Now, once you find a good inspector, then it becomes finding a, re a good remediation company, which is probably even more challenging than finding a good inspection company. But the, you know, in terms of, is there a more natural approach? Yes. So we use all non-toxic and botanical products. Why? Because a lot of our clients have autoimmune disorders. They could have multiple chemical sensitivity. And so we don't want to kill the mold by using something that can also harm them, right? So we want to use something a little bit more, more natural. So what we use is really a botanical-based product. And what it has, it has surfactant in it. Surfactant's like dish soap, just to give you a, a frame of reference. It's basically a degreaser. It helps separate particulate from surfaces. And then at the same time, it uses essential oils to disinfect at the, at the exact same time as you're degreasing, you're, you're disinfecting, and then you're wiping it away with a microfiber towel. There is a science to the microfiber towel. Microfiber towels actually collect 100 times more particulate than any other form of towel, paper towel, uh, terry towel, et cetera. So those, those two things in conjunction with each other are really going to do a, a really good job and be totally safe. Not that I recommend it, but if you like YouTube, some videos, there's actually people that spray this stuff on cookies and eat it to show you how safe it is. Um, just to get an understanding of if it's safe enough to eat, you know, it's, it's definitely safe enough to be in your environment. I'm never um, a fan of that method of marketing. I think you're not, I can tell by your laughter there, you're not a fan of that method of marketing either. No, but. I think things can be safe for me to be around or to be on a surface without me having to put it into my body. That's true. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought when I saw that, I thought it was, it was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, it's it's just good that there are safe alternative products out there that you can use. There's other uh, good products that are, again, organic, safe products to wash your clothes that are 99.97% effective at removing mold and mycotoxins from your clothes. So, you know, definitely technology is advanced um, in today's world in doing remediation. There are safe things you can do without the use of chemicals or petroleum-based products. Um, even the encapsulation, you know, the one we use is zero VOC. It's got a 0.05% toxicity rating. So 99.95% toxic free. These are the types of things that we look for when we connect with our clients, because we want to do the best job possible while utilizing the best products that are. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. 
It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Available on the marketplace. Fantastic. This is such a fascinating topic. And since I've had personal experience with it, I wanted to bring it to everybody. We need to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Michael about mold, getting rid of mold in our household, and just making sure that we can create a safe environment for us and for our family members. We'll be right back. Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by LifeInterruptedRadio.com to learn more. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Hello, I'm Lisa Berry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living. A chance to see new. Hear different and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on Living is your link to that new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life, and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment, a philanthropic organization. Their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Sharon, and of course you know me from here on the Autoimmune Hour. Maybe you don't know I'm also an author. My latest book is for kids. It's Pinky Chenille and the Rainbow Hunters, a winner of a five-star reader's favorite review. It's perfect for your early reader and a great bedtime story for your young adventurers. Check it out over at PinkyChenille.com. That's P-I-N-K-Y-C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E.com. See you there. Welcome back, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour. I'm Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com, and today we're here with Michael Rubino, and he is the president of All-American Restoration and the author of the new book, The Mold Medic, an expert's guide on mold removal, and it just came out. So excited to have him here, and he teaches everyone how to get your team together to locate mold if you think that's a problem and to detoxify your environment. And we've been talking about the environment and some steps of remediation. I want to talk a little bit more in depth about remediation because I know over the years I've had experience multiple times with mold. And one of them that is the most (laughs) common for me anyway, maybe it isn't the most common one that you find, is the laundry room. Now, I hope it's an okay question because, but actually some of the appliances had mold. I was really surprised by all that. So what's your experience in finding like appliances giving us an issue? Maybe it's not in the wall or in the... Yeah, well, I mean, that that actually commonly happens in a project. You know, actually, one of the most interesting things I can talk about is if you want to check right now, get ahead and get off your chair, go over to your toilet, lift up the toilet tank cover and flip it over. See if you have mold growing on the, the underside of the toilet. 
and then check, look inside the toilet tank itself and see if you have mold there. Usually what that's indicative of is that there is mold somewhere in the, inside the home that's probably hidden. You don't see it. And it's, it's producing enough that's getting into the air. And mold is kind of like how weeds are. They produce spores, like weeds produce seeds. And basically, anytime they find an area where they just happen to land at that perfect spot where there's enough moisture for it to grow, it starts to grow. And so our toilet tanks are, you know, basically pots of water sitting in our bathroom. And those toilet tank lids, are they're not airtight. So anytime you have an exchange of air between the bathroom, the toilet tank, you'll have an opportunity where a mold spore can fall in there and it can start to generate mold that way. Same thing with your appliances, like a washing machine, for instance. I'll, I'll give you a tip. I never buy a front-loading washing machine because they're, they're very prone to mold. I usually buy the top-loading ones because they don't, the, the front-loading ones have this rubber gasket, and that basically prevents the water from leaking out onto your floor. But what happens with that rubber gasket is it, it, it has a lot of trap moisture in between it. And so it creates this perfect environment where mold can start to grow. And um, I, I, that's one of the most common things where I see mold growing. And the best way to do it is to just actually remove the gasket so you can clean, because there's nothing wrong with cleaning something that's non-porous, such as your washing machine, but you have to remove the gasket in order to do so. And usually in doing that, you almost like need a whole new gasket because it kind of never quite goes back the same way. <laughs> so it's, it, it's an interesting thing, but I've seen mold in refrigerators, similar thing. They have this gasket around the fridge that kind of keeps the, the cold air from escaping the fridge and mold can start to grow under there. But usually the problem starts elsewhere. Like there's a source somewhere in the house that's creating enough mold spores to get into the air. And then from there, it's just fair game, wherever they happen to, to land, where there's an opportunity for it to grow, it will grow. Oh, I didn't know that because you are right. I had a, that front loading washer and it was a constant cleaning process to keep that gasket clean. It was amazing to me to the point where I finally got a different, <laughs> different <laughs> cleaning system, a different system. Now, this is interesting to me. So if we're finding those problems, I thought it was just located in the washer. I didn't realize that there, there was an outside source contaminating it. If it's landing, like say if it's maybe just our laundry room, does that mean we should have a whole house inspection or do they just inspect the laundry room? You know, honestly, I, I would do a whole, a whole house inspection. Not that that's exciting news to hear, but I think that when you start seeing a problem develop, it's probably best to just make sure it's not happening anywhere else, that the source isn't somewhere else where you least expect it. And that's the thing. Obviously, mold grows outside. It's part of our ecosystem. You'll find it commonly in the soil that surrounds our house. You're going to have some mold spores come in every time you open the front door. We're not trying to create this environment where you're mold free. What we are trying to do, though, is we're trying to improve the conditions of the home so that mold cannot grow inside the home and thrive and have the, you know, kind of settle up a, a farm inside your house, right? So we, what we want to do is we want to control the humidity, control moisture, et cetera. There's typically not enough mold in the air coming from outside in to start developing a problem in your toilet tank. It, it's usually indicative of a, a much larger issue coming from somewhere else, like your attic, a basement, a bathroom, um, something along those lines. And, you know, it, while it's certainly possible for, you know, spores to come in from outside and happen to land in your washing machine and create some mold, it, it usually doesn't go that way. At nine times out of 10, if you, if you see a problem occurring in some of your appliances, I would, I would assume that there's mold elsewhere inside the house that's producing that kind of volume. Okay. So we've done and we've gotten an expert in to do the assessment. Yep. And then obviously it sounded to me like there, there's a different group that comes and actually does the remediation, yep. that there are a different set of specialties. Now, let's say they find it. I don't know, a common place that I hear that people find it, you know, is like a leaky roof. And so maybe it's in their attic space. Do you have suggestions for when, is it, can it just be remediated or do we have to deconstruct some part of the house and reconstruct it? Well, you know, it depends, right? I mean, there are mold can cause structural damage where it actually eats away at the wood between the, the mold itself, the constant water damage, um, and then that can potentially come with it bacteria, wood rot, and there, it definitely can be a, a part of reconstructing the house. 
And there's definitely situations where I saw where I opened up a wall and you would have never imagined it. And you see the plywood basically behind the wall assembly is completely rotted. You know, normally it's this bright wood color. It's completely black. And you're like, oh my God, it looks like a rodent would like chewed it all up or something. In those cases, if you want to prevent mold from coming back, you can't just open it up and treat it for mold. You have to actually replace the structure to prevent water and moisture from seeping back in. So you can get unlucky where the, the problem's a little bit more extensive than just dealing with the mold at that snapshot in time. You may have to make certain improvements. Otherwise, you can fall victim for it to come back. This is especially true in like a basement. You know, basement, the, the number one cause of mold growing in basements is going to be excess moisture coming in through the foundation. And basements are typically below grade. So you have, you know, hydrostatic pressure that allows basically water to force its way through into the block that the home is built out of. And without implementing some sort of waterproofing strategy and dehumidification to really keep that environment where it's not conducive for mold to grow, it's just going to come back after you treat it. So I would say mold remediation is, is really a few different parts. The three pillars I like to have is one, you need to correct the source of water or moisture intrusion. Two, you have to remove the colonization of mold growing that's producing the contamination. And finally, three, you remove the contamination created by that colonization. So I, I think if you, if you skip any one of those steps, you can fall victim to having it come back or having mold being this reoccurring issue. So I think it's very important to take a look at all the aspects and figure out not only do I get rid of the mold, but how do I improve the space so I don't have to worry about it again. And I know when I had that uh, mold issue, it was a long-term a <laughs> longer term process than I had <laughs> previously considered before my first introduction into having a mold issue. Now, one of the things that I'm curious about, though, is home inspection. How do we know that our home inspector, or do we have a home inspector and a mold inspector? How do we know our home inspector? I'm a little confused there. When I, when you think, oh, I'm just going to have a home inspection, they'll know everything. Yeah, that's a great question. Unfortunately, you know, becoming a home inspector, particularly people who do inspections when you're buying or selling a home, for instance, they actually have a really good training program, you know, to do home inspections. I love what they do, but their mold portion of the training program is very, very small in comparison to so many other things. And I don't think it really gives them enough background on mold. And that's actually, that's actually that similar problem in almost every industry. But you, if you ever connect with me on Instagram at the mold medic, you'll see photos I posted of my house being built right now here in Tampa, Florida. And it has mold all over the framing. Well, I was going to say, I think Tampa, Florida is a mold capital. <laughs> oh, it, it very well may be. But it, that happens almost everywhere because and we got off topic here, but I think it's so interesting. I want to finish. They, when they deliver lumber to build your house, they sit it in the mud. Well, there's mold in the mud. And also delivering lumber in the mud keeps the moisture content of that wood basically wet for periods longer than 48 hours. And it only takes 48 hours for a mold spore to start to grow and reproduce and colonize into a colony of mold. Wow. They actually delivered my lumber like four weeks in advance and it just sat in the mud, in the rain, on and off for four weeks before they started to put it up. So I wasn't totally surprised at what I was going to find, but at my walkthrough, I'm looking around and it, I mean, mold everywhere. And here's the thing. The builder was like, didn't see a problem with it. He's like, oh yeah, it's like, it's dead mold or whatever. I'm like, it's dead mold. What do you mean? It's dead mold. Do you mean it's dormant? Like it's not actively producing spores. He's like, well, yeah, it, that, that shouldn't be a problem. Right. I'm like, well, it shouldn't be a problem today, but it could be a problem tomorrow. <laughs> Are you insinuating we should just build over this or, or can we, can we take care of this? Well, no, we should take care of it, but I don't want to open up this can of worms. Right. I got to start treating every house, you know? And so I'm, it was just, it was like a mind blowing experience for me. Cause I'm like, there is such a lack of education across so many industries that adversely impact people. What if I was chronically sensitive or had, you know, some sort of autoimmune disorder, I would be devastated moving into that house. Right. And so there needs to be a lot more education regarding mold and how it can impact people so that, you know, some, something like the mold regulations for a home inspector are increased. Uh, same thing for a builder, renovation contractor, et cetera. Going back to the home inspector for right now, because of the way things are, I think your probably best bet to, is to get a home inspection done to see what the structural issues may be 
that could cause problems in the later down the road. So you really know what you're getting yourself into, but also a mold inspector. So you can do an air quality test and say, now we know about the future potential. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Problems. We also know about what the current mold issues are. And that can give you a good sense of, should I buy this house? Uh, is this worth the investment? You know, look, if a house has good bones, obviously you can always make an investment into fixing it if you really are in love with the house. But you, you wanna have that, that information up front rather than spending every penny you own to buy the house and then be stuck with a $50,000 remediation after you close. That wouldn't be a pretty situation to be in. And unfortunately, it's a situation that I've seen many clients in. Now, you brought up an interesting comment. It was sort of an offhand comment, but I've heard it. Oh, it's dead. And you said, you mean dormant? So. Is mold, when it's remediated, is it ever dead and gone? Or I'm imagining it, does it come back? I, I guess that's, <laughs> I'm not sure of my question here. Hopefully you can find a question in there. But when you said that, I was like, well, how do you really get rid of it then? So basically when mold quote unquote dies, what that really means is it becomes brittle and it breaks off into smaller hyphal fragments. So now it just becomes even smaller particles that are, easily able to get into the body. There are studies that show that, that even the hypo fragments can make someone who is sensitive to mold have adverse health reactions. So when I look at things from that perspective, I try to make sure that we remove every piece of mold that we can possibly get our hands on. In terms of mold going dormant, you know, basically what that means is that there's not enough moisture for it to continue to grow. So when you remove the moisture content, yes, he's right in the sense where it's not getting into the air as much. It's not going to be reproducing as rapidly because it's not able, it doesn't have the conditions really met for it to continue to grow and reproduce, but it's there. So what happens is if he would have built over that, God forbid we have a storm, the AC cuts out, the humidity creeps up above 50%, that mold comes back, you know, right back with a vengeance takes that opportunity and, and continues to, to grow and reproduce. So we don't want to cover up mold, whether it's, you know, currently active or not. We want to remove it so that if we do have a leak or humidity does increase, we're not having this larger scale issue. And so that was what I explained to him. And, you know, he kind of understood. And it was, it was just kind of alarming to me that there's, there's such a lack of education in the fact or he, didn't really seem like that was a big deal or that there was any problem with that. And he had every intention, if I didn't make a big stink about it, to just build the house and continue on building. And so, you know, that's, that's when I, it's just, as of lately, it's the more things that I, I keep seeing and happening to me, I'm like, wow, this is such a, this is such a bigger issue. And I need people to know about this so that there's, there stops, these problems stop occurring. To give you a, a good frame of reference, I just, we just had a client did a brand new, beautiful kitchen renovation. I don't know, maybe spent $20,000. Um, looked really nice. And uh, unfortunately, when the contractor, I guess, took out the cabinets, he saw some mold, he cut the drywall out, but he didn't do anything about the mold growing inside the wall cavity. And in his mind, he just thought, well, if I cut out the drywall, it's all, it's all remediated. And so they built back over this kitchen. And um, unfortunately, they got sick thereafter, just because I think when the contractor removed stuff, a lot of that got aerosolized because he didn't know there was no engineering controls. And then when they just put everything back and covered it up, you know, the mold felt threatened for whatever reason. 
And um, there's definitely more mycotoxin production that was in the environment than when they tested a year prior. So it was very interesting to see, but the unfortunate part was we had to, in order to correct the problem, we had to take that beautiful kitchen they just put in back out to handle it. Now, yes, they were able to salvage a lot of stuff. We were able to treat a lot of stuff. So it wasn't as costly. However, I mean, it's just a sad story to even have to go through that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Completely frustrating. <laughs> and you know, I've heard of that idea before. In fact, in my little episode years ago was the contractor saying that type, same type of thing. Oh, well, you know, we'll just spray some Clorox or some bleach or whatever on, right. on, on this and take out this little bit of stain here and, and it'll all be good. Yeah. I think that happens more often than uh, we like to admit. I think it happens way too often. And I think, you know, when you get your contractor's license, uh, home inspection license, a simple fix is, you know, educate more on mold for these professionals that could come across it. And um, I think that's, that's a simple fix. And uh, all it really takes is for us to be aware of it because we as a society, when we band together and demand change, change happens. And that's the beautiful thing about us. But if we're not aware, how do we know we need change? And I think that's the biggest problem. One of the biggest reasons why I said, you know what, uh, I got to write this book. I got to get this information out there. It's great that it's in my head. It's great that I'm helping people, but I'm never going to create this massive amount of change that I'd love to see happen if I try to do it one house at a time. It's become from I'm good at something to now I'm extremely passionate about the much larger picture that I see. The, the service-based business is great, and I'm glad that we have a team that can handle it. However, I'm now far beyond that and looking at the future of how do we make this change across the world, not just one house at a time. Absolutely. We need to take a final quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk Michael to Michael Moore about this. It's just a fascinating topic that since for, to me, it's other than seeing a stain, it's a very uh, hidden or invisible problem that I think a lot of people are suffering from that even could help them have some optimization of their life, even with an autoimmune diagnosis. So we'll be right back. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Change and growth are part of natural life and also part of your spiritual life. Everyone needs support and guidance, especially during life passages. Upgrade yourself with the Ohm Times Experts program. With Ohm Times Experts, you have access to the best intuitive coaches, spiritual teachers, counselors, astrologists, and oracles. Our team was carefully selected so you can trust. Find out more at experts.ohmtimes.com. Grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and tune in for inspired conversations with publisher Linda Joy on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Linda creates sacred space for leading female luminaries, empowering authors, heart-centered female entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers. A soulful venue where guests openly share the fears and obstacles they've overcome, wisdom and lessons learned, and the personal journey that led them to the transformational work they do in the world. Inspired conversations to empower you on your path to authentic, soulful living. Research shows we apologize up to 10 times a day, and most of the time, we say sorry as a response to someone else's mistake. What if we thanked people instead of all that unnecessary apologizing? So instead of saying, sorry, I'm rambling, you say, thank you for listening. Join us at projectforgive.com, a free non-religious resource on global forgiveness. Welcome back, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour. I'm Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com, and we're talking with Michael Rubino today. And he is the president of All American Restoration in Florida. And I want to kind of laugh about that because I just feel like Florida is sort of a, a mold capital to me. I've spent a lot of time down there. And he's the author of the new book, The Mold Medic, An Expert's Guide to Mold Removal. Now, Michael, let's jump forward because we're down to the last few minutes. So we've had a mold test. And let's say, have you know, just wonderful that they're 
just minor what I'll say environmental types of levels. It's not there. The people doing the exploration of it are not too concerned. What are some things that we can do to make sure that our house stays that way? Do things like air filters and stuff work? One of the biggest companies that I like that manufactures air purification systems, like those little ones that you have like on the floor that go in each room, mm -hmm. um, now makes an HVAC air purification system. What it does, it actually it, it attaches to your unit. And one of the best things I like about it, it actually filters particle sizes up to seven nanometers. So just to give a, some, some idea about that, seven nanometers is extremely small, extremely microscopic, and it's actually a hundred times, nearly a hundred times smaller than a mold spore. So if you can get a filter that filters that small, the, the size of a virus, you're, you're gonna be in good shape keeping that coil clean. And why that's so important is because as mold passes through your HVAC system, it gets to that coil, your coil constantly condensates if you have a central AC system. And when mold has that meets with that coil that has that much moisture in it, it has again, an opportunity to grow. And now your coil becomes contaminated and that becomes a source of contamination, further creating an issue. So, uh, you, you know, I think that unit's about 2,500 bucks. So in terms of like, if you're putting in a new HVAC system, or let's say, you know, your HVAC system is, is in tip top shape and you're like, yeah, I just want to make this minor investment to get that HVAC system perfected. I think, you know, when you look at the total cost of replacing a unit, um, it's, it's a fraction of the cost to be able to give you better protection. And it's definitely better than any of the, you know, typical manufactured products that come with your typical HVAC company. The other couple of things is dehumidification is really important in climates like Florida that have high humidity, but we also have a, a location in the Northeast that we, we actually are headquarters in New Jersey. And in the summer months, it gets very, very humid in the Northeast also. And so it's equally as important to have dehumidification in your house, but you want to control the water and moisture from getting into the house, the relative humidity from getting too high. And you want to keep things that you know are prone to moisture like the HVAC system protected so that mold can't get to it. When you're looking at your house, you know, cleaning your house, I think is key because the more dust that accumulates in your home, the more food source you have for mold. So when you do have an opportunity um, where mold grows, maybe you spill something and forget it. Maybe you have potted plants in your house and you water them and sometimes they spill and you don't realize you know, when you have that much dust accumulation, it, it really kind of coincides with that and gives that gives mold an opportunity to feed and, and, and thrive. So little tips like that would be key. Um, the other thing is, I think, you know, doing routine maintenance inspections on your house, um, getting a roofer out once a year to check the integrity of the roof um, to make sure that you're not, you know, you don't have any current or future, uh, near future problems with the roof. Um, same thing with windows and doors. You know, depending on how your house was built, sometimes the only thing stopping water from coming into your window is some caulk that goes around the window. So as that over time, that does start to crack and deteriorate and gives kind of a, acts as a pathway for water and moisture to get in. So, you know, checking doors, windows, the roof are, are really the main culprits. The other thing is clean your gutters. What happens when your gutters get clogged is they start like dripping a high volume of water right over the edge, right near the foundation. So if you have a basement, that's a lot of volume of water coming you know, right near your basement at that one time, which is certainly not gonna help with the hydrostatic pressure kind of pushing it into the, into the interior living space. Um, the other thing is even if you're on a slab, having that much more water drop on your house, when your house is constructed, you're gonna have like this concrete slab, you're gonna have like your, your wood membranes that go straight up and down and that's the exterior wall. If water gets too high where it can kind of get in between the, the wood framing and the cement slab, uh, you know, you have that potential to get trapped moisture in that wood and mold to start growing. So making sure your grading is kind of sloped away from the house. You don't have you know, your dirt's not so high right up against that house, keeping gutters clean. And then if you have downspouts that go that dump water out right next to your house. You can get these little like gutter extensions for a couple bucks at, you know, the Home Depot, and it'll extend the water out away from the house. All those are, are really awesome tips um, to kind of, you know, preventing, um, maintaining your home and uh, preventing the conditions for mold to grow to, to really become a problem for you. Oh, wow. Fantastic. I'm just 
<laughs> trying to think of all the different people I need to come out and do their little thing for me. Now. <laughs> now, I had a quick question though. So we were talking about dehumidification. Here where I live, uh, of course it rains all the time, but we run heating systems that actually makes it very low humidity sure. in the house in the winter. And a lot of people run humidifiers. What is an ideal number that we have to keep our home at as far as so our moisture, our nose membranes <laughs> stay moist? With, with Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without creating a mold problem. Yeah, I think the sweet spot is somewhere between 35 and 45 percent. You know, the and and you can adjust that to suit your comfort level. I totally understand with needing humidification in some climates that are very dry, especially in the winter time. And the HVAC when the furnace kicks on it actually does create a very dry heat. So I totally understand. There's a technology called like vaporizing as opposed to humidification, which, you know, introduces moisture in, in the form of a vapor, which is definitely has a lot less risk of kind of condensation and buildup on your walls. But yeah, if you ever notice like extreme condensation on your walls, I think you have probably too much humidity going on and you need to probably lower things a bit. But if you have like a humidistat that can monitor humidity, I think that would be awesome because you really want to keep it in between that sweet spot of 35 to 45%. Once you get over 50, you're in the danger zone. And that's, you know, that's really where certain species of mold start to be able to grow and form. Some are going to require more chronic water and higher moisture content, but that's at least where you start to get into the danger zone. So if you can maintain those levels, I think you're in good shape. I want to jump over to, I know you work a lot with people that have autoimmune conditions and other hypersensitivities. We're down to just the last 10 minutes and I want to learn a little bit more about your book as well, but can you talk to individuals that have autoimmune and hypersensitivities and some very specific things that we can do beyond some of the things that we've talked about already and what you've seen with all your experience? I would say probably most of my clients have some sort of diagnosis in the immune compromise spectrum, whether it's Sears, autoimmune disorder, I have clients with mast cell activation syndrome, you know, things that really make it challenging to live a normal life. And what I want to say is, you know, you, when you're going through this, you really want to work with a professional that understands because unfortunately, my industry, if you've ever worked with a contractor before, the mentality of it is always, I'm right and you're wrong. And I've literally had people call me up crying saying, you know, this person says I'm crazy. And that's not okay for me. For me, I see this, what you're going through is very real. I see it day in and day out, 10, 20 times a day with the amount of clients that I talk to. And what we want to do is we want to create a support system for someone who is going to be susceptible to environmentally acquired illness. And that means using botanical products as opposed to using chemicals, doing things in a much more thorough fashion. When you do have an autoimmune disorder, and it's not in all cases, but you're much more likely to become sensitive to mold. And so with that, you need an extra standard of care to make sure that the mold's removed, the contamination's removed, kind of like how I talked about those three pillars, you know, correct the water, remove the source and, and clean up the contamination. Uh -huh. The biggest problem that our industry has, it neglects to clean up the contamination. And if any of you have been through this, uh, you know, the, the pitfalls of remediation before, and you've had people tell you like, oh, I'm an expert, don't you, you listen to me and don't you worry about it. And I got this handled. I've been doing it for 35 years. I've, I've heard it all. The big new craze in mold remediation is like just fogging the place. And like they're telling people that the, the magic fog like penetrates walls and just kills mold everywhere. You know, there's, <laughs> I've had some clients that have, that have spent like 10 grand to do this whole fogging thing. And they, they told me they felt better for like a week or two. And then it just comes back with a vengeance because you're not actually removing the mold. You're not removing the water intrusion that creates the mold. And so it's obviously going to come back. And it's like a snake oil salesman. But the reason why people fall victim to that is because financially it's attractive. 
if I'm telling you it's, you know, 30,000 to fix things the right way, the structural repairs, and this guy's telling you for 10 grand, it's going to penetrate everything and kill everything. Don't worry. You know, your first, your first thought process is going to be, I'd rather spend 10 grand than 30. And the guy says it's the same thing. So why not go with him? And that's, that's one of the biggest problems that, that we've run into as of lately, especially with COVID and everything. There's a lot of uncertainty with jobs and money is definitely a concern. You know, that's why I'm like, you know what, I, the best way for me to coach people is to not sell the product at all. So I'm trying to figure out how to transition out of selling it, being like, look, guys, let's not focus on the money. Let's focus on the problem. The reality of it is you need someone who's, who's going to clean up the contamination, who's going to have high integrity to make sure that you test to, for the contamination to validate it. You're within that right to work with someone who's willing to listen to your needs. Someone who doesn't have autoimmune, you know, some sort of immune compromise, I think they can get away with a little more, maybe not doing as thorough of a job and they may not be as impacted by it. For me, I think it, this should be a universal process. It should be the same process for everybody, whether you're part of the 50% who's impacted by mold greater or the other 50%, it should all be the same. But unfortunately, it's not that way. And so for right now, we have to make sure that if you if you do think that you're going to be negatively impacted by mold, if you have any sort of immunocompromisations, I think you need to really be forthcoming about that and tell the people that you plan to work with so they can really make sure if they're a good fit to work with you or not. From my experience, I think making sure that they're listening to you and really hearing you, that you're not feeling like, gosh, that they just didn't hear what I just said, is important to make sure that they have a deep understanding of the importance that this is because in all honesty I know Michael it was not inexpensive to have my situation I have remediated and that was years ago it was not inexpensive and I can't imagine it still is (laughs) so we're just down the last few minutes any final tips and techniques you'd like to impart and then tell us all about your book and how we can find out more yeah so I gave you guys a lot of tips on how to prevent mold and maintain your house and I think those are really important the book is really interesting because It's actually written in the viewpoint of, hey, I think I have mold. I'm definitely sensitive. I have some sort of adverse health reactions going on, and I am lost on what to do. Unfortunate that most of us don't really think to do anything until it's too late and there's a problem. That's kind of one of the the horrors of being a homeowner is there's a lot to deal with. There's a lot. There's 50,000 components that go into building a home, so it's a lot to uh, micromanage, and uh, yeah, it's you're never going to get it perfect, and I, I think that's really not what we're trying to accomplish. But we can improve the environment so that you don't need perfect; you just stop the ability for it to grow and spread, and that that's really the key to solving it. My experience is there were so many um, hucksters and shysters in that when I was looking for it myself. <laughs> there's, there's, I mean, there is. It's bad. Um, there's a lot of the big, the big new craze in mold remediation is like just fogging the place. So I literally like just kind of write it chapter by chapter. Here are the steps you follow. Um, the, the first chapter is very interesting. I, I made a comment earlier about how, you know, uh, I've been doing this for 35 years and I kind of open up with a story in the book and I talk about really what's wrong with our industry. This book, The Mold Medic, is really diving into remediation. And that's, that's the first problem I'm tackling. I'm actually outlining my second book now, which is going to tackle other industries where mold is a problem in. And when you look at these steps that you take between, you know, understanding who's a good fit to do my inspection, to do my remediation, what do I do with my HVAC? What do I do with my contents? You know, my, my personal belongings, my clothes, my pillows, my mattress, all of that stuff. You got to take that into account if you have a, a, a big mold problem where you're having all this contamination spread around. What, how to build the space back so that it's really gone and doesn't come back. As you mentioned, mold remediation can be expensive, especially if you have structural repairs that have to be made. You don't want to make this type of investment to improve the the quality of life in your home if it's just going to come back. I mean, nobody has that kind of money to do this thing twice. So it's so important to make sure you find somebody who really understands what your goals are, what your needs are, how this is impacting you and your health, and what to do about it and what they're going to do about it. And I think that's that's really really important. So you know, the mold medic book is great. It's 130 pages. I wrote it very simply in simple terms. It's an easy read. 
And I think it really outlines the steps of what do I do now? I hope it helps a lot of people. And that's why I wrote it. And it's desperately needed. I know that so many people with autoimmune also have a sensitivity to mold. And even if you think you have a sensitivity to mold, be sure and pick up his book because it's called The Mold Medic. And Michael, where's the best place for us to find it? Uh, you could find it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, I think are the two major you know, suppliers selling it. Fantastic. Michael, how can they get a hold of you if they'd like more information from you? So if they'd love to reach me, uh, and I'd love to hear from you, my email is michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at allamericanrestoration.com. You feel free to email me. I'm very responsive, and I'd be happy to hear from you and, and to help you in any way I can. Everyone, be sure and check out the mold medic. Get, grab a copy, because even if you don't think you have mold, you'll be, you might be surprised. And I think the one thing I want to leave people with is finding you have a mold problem does not mean you're a messy housekeeper. That mold happens to the best of everyone. (laughs) I I find people just a little abhorrent to the idea of, oh my gosh, I have mold. And it's like, yeah, it's so prevalent in the environment. It's not a surprise. Yeah, it's that stigma. I mean, you know, we got to we got to get past that stigma. It happens to every single person. We talked about it. 50% of homes have, have water damage based upon that study. And I think it's probably even higher than that. It happens. It's it's definitely not your fault. And there's something you can do about it to be done in a safe and effective way. So I think there's there's good to come out of it and we'll help create the awareness and, and we'll keep fighting for change. Oh, fantastic. Everyone, that's Michael Rubino and he is the author of The Mold Medic. Be sure and check out his book and everyone join me next week for another brand new episode. Enjoy. The information provided on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio, including the websites understandingautoimmune.com and lifeinterruptedradio.com, plus social media, is for educational purposes only. What you read, hear, and see on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio, and its websites, and other media outlets is based on experience only. The information should never be used for any legal, diagnostic, or treatment purposes. Always seek sound legal, medical, and or professional advice regarding any problems, conditions, and any of the recommendations you see, hear, or read here on the Autoimmune Hour, Understanding Autoimmune, and Life Interrupted Radio. You've been listening to Life Interrupted Radio. To learn more, listen to other shows, and gain free resources that can help empower your life, be sure to stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com. Research shows we apologize up to 10 times a day, and most of the time, we say sorry as a response to someone else's mistake. What if we thanked people instead of all that unnecessary apologizing? So instead of saying, sorry, I'm rambling, you say, thank you for listening. Join us at projectforgive.com, a free non-religious resource on global forgiveness. Hi, this is Sharon, and of course you know me from here on the Autoimmune Hour. Maybe you don't know I'm also an author. My latest book is for kids. It's Pinky Chenille and the Rainbow Hunters, a winner of a five-star reader's favorite review. It's perfect for your early reader and a great bedtime story for your young adventurers. Check it out over at PinkyChenille.com. That's P-I-N-K-Y. C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E dot com. See you there. Do you want to be a better leader? Have better relationships? Become more self-aware? Be a better communicator? Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best-selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show. You know my passion. And maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.